getting into things today, the first thing that I want to do is I want to make sure I introduce our speakers. So we have myself and then we also have two other speakers here today. The first one is Oscar. Oscar is uh, admittedly a, a titan in the creative space. He's been doing this for a couple decades and worked with some major, major brands such as Coca-Cola, Sky Vodka, Takori Jewelry, Red Bull, and more. And we're very excited to have him here as our VP of Creative at Ignite Visibility. He will be sharing his knowledge with us today. Oscar, would you like to go ahead and say hello? Sure thing, John. Thanks for that great intro. Um, as John mentioned, my name is Oscar Lederoth. I'm the VP of Creative here at Ignite. Um, and very excited to jump in and share all this information with you. Thanks, Oscar. And we also have a resident Facebook expert here today who I work very closely with on many projects, Savannah. Savannah, would you like to go ahead and say hello? Yeah, thanks, Sean. My name is Savannah Montgomery. I am the Senior Paid Social Media Manager here at Ignite. I have over four years experience on the paid social side, working with many clients in the e-commerce and lead gen space. Awesome, thanks Savannah. And Savannah has done an amazing job advertising some of the creative that we're actually gonna be looking at today. We've got a case study for you that I think you're gonna find uh, very, very cool. So thanks for going through that. Uh, my name is John Lincoln. I'm CEO here at Ignite. Been running the company for eight years doing digital marketing. I, I don't know, maybe around 15 or so. I absolutely love this space. It's my mission uh, to help people through digital marketing. It all comes back around to help employees, the community uh, and clients. So Oscar, what are we gonna be covering here today? Go ahead and walk us through our agenda. Sure thing, John, thanks. Um, so there's five key areas that we wanna to cover today on our agenda. Uh, first up, we're gonna talk about how to increase the perceived service or product value. And we have some great examples to share with you guys to go through that. Um, then John and I are gonna spend a little bit of time around how to make a storyboard to nurture our customers down the funnel. Um, we're then gonna spend some time on how to apply new video image and text creative on your website. And then the bulk of our time, we'll actually spend around the process of refreshing your digital marketing creative, um, as well as showing a few examples of the different types of creative that, that we'll be working with. Um, and then to end, we will spend a little bit of time on how to use these creative in ads, and we'll focus some of our attention on the highest performing sizes and platforms as well. So first, to kick things off, everybody, I've got a question for you. Feel free to use the chat. When you look at these two pop-ups that I actually used for this webinar, which you may have clicked on, which one do you think converted better, option A or option B? Go ahead and put it in the chat if you would like to vote on it. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to reveal which one converted better. So if you chose B, you were right. It converted 75% better than the other pop-up. That's 36 more conversions for variant B. And that just shows you the difference in the impact of creative online. It's, it's worlds different just by having a slightly different image, a slightly different text, slightly different call to action. So that's what we're gonna be talking about here today. So when we get into creative that converts, how do you do it? Well, first thing that we wanna spend a second on is perceived value. So when it comes to perceived value online, I want you just to take a second and think about that term, perceived value online. When you look at something online yourself, you look at one thing versus another thing, at a glimpse, do you perceive some things as being worth much more than others? Oscar, talk to us about a couple things that go into that. Yeah, definitely. And then just to confirm uh, John's comment there. So what we know about perceived value is that a customer is going to be willing to pay more 
when an item is positioned as being high-end versus low-end. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that that can be conveyed online. Um, we have a list here of a few of them and we'll see them in the examples, but at a glance, we basically have perceived value from copy. So the way the copy is written can say a lot about the brand. Um, very important is the quality of the creative images themselves. So the visual, the, the actual you know, type of image that you're using, um, and same goes for the quality of the video and the quality of website. Um, those three things together can quickly turn a product from looking low end to looking high end and increasing that perceived value. And then we have brand recognition, alignment with other brands and celebrities, um, and then of course, production quality. And like I said, we'll go through some examples of this in the next slides. Okay, so how can Nike sell a $230 jacket online, right? And how can other brands like Nike do the same thing? Well, in the chat, there's a link to a Nike product page. I want everybody to go ahead and click on that link. I want you to go through that page a little bit. And then Oscar, while they're doing that, walk us through this category section. And then next, I'm going to get into the actual product page. What changes with perceived value on this website? Sure, so Nike does an incredible job of this. Um, obviously from a branding perspective, they're one of the biggest and most powerful brands in the world, um, but they do this by creating a really great look feel for their products. So as, as we're seeing the three models here, you'll notice they have a lot of similarities in terms of their pose, the lighting. Um, you notice the, the light gradient background, which elevates the product and really allows us to focus on product as hero. Um, and for the specific product that we're focusing on here with the jacket, um, as opposed to a traditional e-commerce merchant who may just shoot this flat against a white or black background, what you're seeing here is you're seeing the product in the environment. You're seeing the person wear it. Um, and what's great about this in particular is because of the unique dimensions of the jacket, it might be something that would be complicated to look at and realize that you know the length of it, the quality of it, you're seeing all the close-up details in their imagery. Um, and then you're also getting to see how to wear it, some styling options. Um, all of this creates uh, you know, a great product visual. Um, it also creates an aspirational look. So now instead of just thinking, oh, this jacket's $230, you're looking at the way that this model looks with this jacket and thinking, well, I wanna look like that. And if I get this jacket, this is the look and feel that I'm gonna have as well. Um, so just an incredible job across the board by Nike, you know, from a visual perspective, as well as on the website from just a functionality and user experience perspective. So when you think about the difference between this product page, which has huge images, beautifully shot model, um, you know, um, amazing, you know, uh, just kind of aesthetics, you know, brand perception versus an, another, you know, product online that's just one flat image that nobody can click into. It's a massive, massive difference. So um, just calling that out, we feel it's, it's a very important thing uh, as far as perceived value is concerned. All right, so let's look at some Facebook ads that increase perceived value. Let's get into this a little bit. So first one, ad one, social proof in ad is showing a five-star review, right? This is Cuts. Uh, it's a t-shirt in a com really competitive market. Ad two, product features are called out. You can see this. So example Facebook ads that do very, very well. And we're looking at the elements inside of these Facebook ads. Next thing, we're showing new colors. Notice the diversity of ads. Notice how many different ads there are out there. And in the ad two here, we see a lifestyle shot. Savannah, talk to us briefly uh, about lifestyle and Facebook ads. Um, is that an important element of it? Definitely. Lifestyle images always do extremely well on Facebook. They give the consumer a glimpse into what it'd be like to own the product, and they look really organic and native to your feed. 
Really well said. And, and so if you look at this ad library, and by the way, you can look at anybody's ad library on Facebook at any time, you can see they've got hundreds of different ads and every single one is unique. Lifestyle shows specific features. Now, as we continue on, these ones are very, very interesting from the perceived value perspective. Oscar, talk to us about GQ. Why is that important in this ad? Yeah, so it does a couple of things here. We talked about aspiration with Nike. So this is definitely an aspirational ad. You're seeing, you know, a brand like GQ supporting this product. So you already have as a, you know, from a demographic perspective, you already have a, a perception of the GQ brand. And this is just playing on that. Um, also pairing that with, you know, the, the lifestyle shot and the way that it's shot, you know, you're essentially to Savannah's point, putting yourself in the position of, of the man wearing this shirt. And that's just being supported furthermore by GQ calling this out, not only having that alignment, but also the headline there, the only shirt worth wearing. Thank you. Well said. And Savannah, when it comes to diversity of ads on Facebook and having multiple different ads and, and refreshed ads on a consistent basis, do you find that that's important? Definitely. Things are always changing on Facebook and you want to continue to test the different elements of your ad to really see what the best performer is. Really, really important. I'm going to get into that in a minute, but I just want to call out a couple things here. Five-star reviews. They show customer testimonials. They demo the product, right? They show you what that product looks like, that excitement with the product, that the end result of utilizing that product, right? They align it with GQ, something that has incredible perceived value, right? They convey the results and they've got a lot of different, different ads out there. And guys, this is just a shirt. This is just a t-shirt, right? That has been able to cut through an incredibly cluttered space and have tremendous success because of the market positioning and the ads within that native platform. So I find this type of case study to be just tremendous. Moving on, let's get into the stages of the ad. So, you know, so this is something that's important to think about. When you're first running ads, there's the nice to meet you phase, right? It's nice to meet you. Uh, this is the first ads that you're going to see. Then you get into the trust phase. We want to earn your trust. Then we get into yes or no. Are you actually going to buy it or not? And then finally, conversions. As you can see, there's these individual elements that align with each one of these phases. And then after that, you start again. You go back to the top, sell them another product or service. And that's the way that, you know, marketing's working within the current environment. But notice urgency, price, offer, action, scarcity at the very, very bottom. At the top, humor, trust, excitement, impress, connect. These are two very, very different ad formats, everybody. And it's very important that you set them up deliberately. I'm going to show you what that looks like in a moment. So when you look here, this is upper funnel, mid funnel, and bottom funnel. These are the different channels and where the different channels actually fit within each of these stages inside of the funnel. And then at the top, you're going to see the phase. Nice to meet you, trust, yes or no, conversion, and re-engage. What, what I put below that is the goal. A good impression is in the nice to meet you phase. A micro conversion is in the trust phase. Uh, warming them up is in the yes or no phase. You want to warm up that traffic before you try to get it to convert. And then finally, you have the convert phase and then starting over again, re-engaging, right? They're already part of the brand, you know, and you're looking to increase that customer lifetime value. And so what you want to think about is your messaging, the audience, the ads, and the landing page that go with each phase and each goal. And you can use this as a template in your own marketing and in your own ad creation, but it's very important that you're delivered with this. It, this right here is an example of what we actually did for this webinar. So what happened is we ran dynamic display ads, dynamic display ads throughout the Google Display Network. 
Then we put in a bunch of copy, a bunch of different creative. Google mixed it all up, shot it out there into the environment, came back and then spit this back to us and told us that, hey, this was the best headline. You know, this was the, the second best headline. This one did not perform well at all. And what I love now is with the power of AI in these machine learning platforms, you can mix up different uh, creative and you can mix up different text and it's gonna give you the highest performers. And then you can reiterate on that, improve it, and you can in, uh, increase your conversions even more over time. When we look at the final winner for all the ads that we ran for this uh, particular webinar, you can see that it actually ended up with just that basic image I showed you a minute ago. It's pretty amazing because we had some other creative that was made. We ran about 20 different images. So free event and just a simple, you know, little whiteboard drawing converted the best and got by far the most traffic for this event. So you'll consistently be amazed by the type of creative that performs the best. The reason I bring that up is because it's super important to always, always be testing and trying new things. Also, I wanted to spend a second on this. I talked about upper funnel to bottom funnel. These are actual YouTube ads that I run for Ignite Visibility. I want you to look at a couple things here. These are the first six steps. So the first six ads that you see in sequence, you see this one, this one, this one, this one, and then this one, right? You can see the number of clicks here and then the watch time. You can see it's fairly low, right? And that's because you're just getting to meet me. You're learning more about me. When you go into the next phase, you can see that it ramps up significantly we have seen that ad saturation and ad frequency is incredibly important for conversions. When it comes to Facebook and when it comes to YouTube, you need to warm up audiences, get audiences to know, like, and trust you over a period of 15 to 120 days. And then after that kind of 60, 90 day period in that middle part, when you're getting closer to that 120 days, you're going to see conversions go up and up and up and up. And that's just because it's human nature, right? So that's what's really important is when we're creating this creative, if we wanted to convert, we need to be deliberate about top of funnel to bottom funnel and everything in between. We need to create an actual story through messaging for the customer. And you can see that in our own ads that we've run here, for example. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about upper funnel, bottom funnel. We've talked about a couple case studies. Now we're gonna get into the nuts and bolts. You're probably thinking to yourself, how would I do this for myself? Should I do this for my own company? What does the process look like? Because uh, there's actually quite a bit that goes into it. So Oscar is going to walk us through a few of those ins and outs. So Oscar, take us through it. Yeah, so as John was saying, you know, as we're seeing all of these different platforms, different ad sizes, you know, these different funnels, um, you know, looking at things where we have automation for 8, 10, 12 ads at a time, you may be starting to wonder to yourself, well, how do I get the creative assets to support that level of ad? Um, and so what we want to look at here is uh, what we call a creative brand refresh. And essentially what that means is it's a makeover for your company. That's really the easiest way to think about it. So the idea behind your company's main brand messaging, all of that is going to remain consistent. You're not pivoting industries. You're not changing your product. What you're doing is essentially keeping your foundation the same, but you're going to give your visual presentation, some quick and modernized enhancements. And that's gonna help you build out creative that converts, and this will give you enough assets to work in all the different channels that we've just talked about. So if you go to the next slide, John, um, we wanna look at essentially the things that drive that creative brand refresh. So this is something where, again, you're looking at the assets that you currently have, you're looking at your website, you're looking at your paid ads, you're looking at your videos, so on and so forth. 
And what we look at is four key areas that are really the main drivers in identifying the need for a creative brand refresh. First and foremost, your assets are outdated. Um, and this can mean a few things. The, the key areas here are one, you're competitively irrelevant. So when you look at your assets versus what your competitors have, you're noticing that they are just miles ahead of you in terms of everything that they have. And then the second one here uh, happens a lot with bad stock footage. And as you're seeing these images on the right, you're probably all familiar with the handshake, the woman with the, with the, the operator with the headset and the thumbs up business people. Um, these are images that are doing nothing for you. And we see these a lot in ads um, and in other, on other assets such as websites, social media. Um, we need to move away from that and into assets that are fresh and that really represent your brand. Um, another thing that drives creative brand refreshes is that your company has evolved. Um, you know, you're no longer, there's a disconnect now with the brand and the assets that you have. And this is something we see with, you know, startups that start to gain popularity, change their demographics, increase awareness, so on and so forth. You start to build a new audience and the assets that you have and the creative vision that you had for your brand is no longer relevant. So as your company evolves, that creative needs to evolve as well. Um, the third piece that we see are visual inconsistencies. So if you go back through all of those examples that we just showed, even though there's different mediums, there's lifestyle shops, there's product shops, so on and so forth, you'll note that consistent, there's a visual consistency across the board. Um, so one of the things that we wanna make sure of is that as a brand, we have really consistent visuals and the ways to do that are by building out our style guide, building out our brand book and getting those consistent assets. Um, and the last one that drives a creative brand refresh, which is a great one, is success and expansion. Um, you know, we've worked with a lot of clients who have seen explosive growth and they've realized that as their ad spend goes up, as their audience increases, as, their as they have additional demographics and audiences that they want to hit on, they just don't have enough content. So those are all great times to look at what you're doing and check the box to see, do I need a creative brand refresh? And then taking that one step further in terms of the actual timing on those creative brand refreshes, some recommendations that we have, uh, you know, visual updates, and that could be photography and video on a quarterly basis. So every quarter you've got new fresh ads, new fresh creative going up across all of your channels. Um, refreshing or evolving your primary brand assets uh, every 18 months or so. And these can be things like a subtle shift to your logo, a color palette or other visual elements, things that just keep that keep your brand fresh. Um, from a website perspective, you know, we like to look at full visual refreshes for websites at least every two years, if not more frequently. And if you're in an industry that's driven by impactful visuals, think CPG, e-commerce, uh, we really feel like those should be updated on an annual basis. And then lastly, the other time that we look at for creative brand refreshes is when there's major events or changes to your business. So you have a new CEO, you're going public, there's a major acquisition. Those are all great times to put that creative brand refresh into play. So now we're gonna get into photography a little bit. And you know, one other thing I wanted to add is, you know, another reason people do a refresh is maybe you're not hitting your cost per acquisition goals through ads, right? If you're using these, uh, these old photographs and old stock photos or the same things that you've ha have been having out there for a long time, I mean, I really feel like you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. So now we're gonna talk about a little bit of, about what goes into the photography behind the ads, what goes into the videos behind the ads, and then what goes into the actual website. 
Yeah, so as we think about brand refreshes, you know, something as simple as updated product photography can elevate your brand so much and give you new creative, you know, so things like shooting the product on a nice solid background with, with a little, whether it's flat or a little bit of a gradient or shadow, uh, you know, giving multiple views suitable for use on e-commerce sites, things that we saw with the Nike example. And as we can see an example here, we take a watch, you know, which is in a very competitive landscape and something as simple as putting it on a dark background versus where most of the competitors on a white background suddenly elevates that brand, elevates that product and really makes it pop across all of your channels. If we go into the next slide here, we can see how we take that product photography one step higher and we get into still life. So now we're bringing in product shots and environment or with creative elements. Uh, we start to include and associate non-product elements to kind of help build our brand awareness. Um, we have again, the multiple view options. These are really ideal for our hero shots. Um, and these can be suitable, again, for use on our social channels, our landing pages, our websites, and they're a huge visual upgrade for e-commerce sites. So sometimes instead of thinking about, hey, I need to overhaul my entire website, it may be something as simple as, hey, I just need to upgrade my catalog product photography. Um, and then lastly, as we touched on a few uh, different slides, you know, lifestyle photography, um, photos with people in a real life settings, you know, there's less product focus, you know, it's not as in your face. Um, really ideal for campaign imagery, suitable for use on photo heavy social channels. We don't recommend these as much for e-commerce unless they're in support of product images. Um, but these are great across a variety of other channels. And you can see from the photography, you know, obviously the focus is the clothing, um, but it doesn't feel forced. It feels very organic. So those are the types of things that we look for on the photography side and kind of three different ways in. So now we're going to shift gears into video production. We actually have two examples of a few videos that we've produced over the last quarter. I'll just play 30 seconds of those. We won't go too deep, but you know, video is the fastest and most consumed medium online right now. And we are seeing some amazing results with a mix of different types of media in advertising, in particular, video being one of the most popular. So uh, something that everybody really needs to be looking at for storytelling and also from a conversion focused perspective. Yeah, and I won't spend too much time on these, but we can so we can get into the examples. But essentially, when we look at video production, we break it out into two separate elements. We have kind of our short form, which is those 30 seconds or less. And these are probably the most relevant for our ads and for most of our channels. Um, and then on the next slide, we talk a little bit about our long form videos. And those are kind of more relevant for education, for you know webinars like this, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I would really love, John, if we can jump into, into some of those creative examples so we can show the impact that video can have uh, create when you, when you implement all of those creative things that we just talked about. You got it. So, um, so this first one, I'm just going to play uh, a minute or two. This is uh, from one of our clients for a recent book promotion. Uh, performed incredibly well and uh, ended up hitting all the goals that that we needed. Um, so I'll just play uh, uh, 20 seconds of this. You know, in the past, I try to make it as easy as possible for any customer to understand the investments they should know. If you really want to be financially secure, you want to accomplish your goals, you want your dreams to come true, there's really multiple parts to becoming this big financially free. I try to cover all of that in this book. If you're interested in knowing how to pull back the curtain on the market, so Oscar, talk to us about what, 
what went into that a little bit? Because that was quite um, a, a pretty cool endeavor. Yeah. So, and one of the reasons that I like this video is because a lot of times when we're doing video, you know, people get worried about the cost of video, or you know, we have to shoot so much footage to get it right. And this is a great example of something where we had some great footage of uh, Tony and Peter. Um, this is actually footage that we recorded directly from a Zoom conference. Um, so just to give you an idea of the ways that we can make different assets look great. So we had that, we had some great in-person footage that we did shoot of Peter. And then the rest of the ad is supported just by some on-screen visuals that we worked with our design team to make. Um, and then our video editors created some of those effects. But it's really a blend of kind of stock footage with a little bit of video, with a little bit of Zoom recording um, and putting all of those things together because we did a, a really great job in kind of identifying the audience and the mediums that these were going to go into, those things kind of all played together to create a really impactful video. Awesome. Thanks for going through that. Um, amazing book, by the way, number one uh, Wall, uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller. Um, so uh, next thing we're going to shift gears into this. And so I'm going to go ahead and play a couple minutes and then Oscar, you can talk about what went into it. Sure. What happens when your customer invoice payments are weeks away? When you need money now to pay your employees, cover a big new order, or expand your business, you can afford to wait 15, 30, or 45 days for your invoices to so when's the right time, Oscar, for an explainer video? I won't, I won't play the whole thing, but I, I do find them to be really, really good um, for homepage landing pages. Um, but what went into kind of the production of this and talk us through it a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So this is an explainer video which worked really well for us because the service uh, that, we're, that we built this video for is a, is a complicated service. So in those instances, you know, the client was spending a lot of time with FAQs and a lot of on-screen, you know, copy um, as well as phone calls to their customer service department um, and so the explainer video became a great solution to essentially answer all of the questions that their customers were having um, one of the nice things too as you were just mentioning john is this works great on a landing page but another thing that we did with this is we actually created a long form version of this so i believe this is about a three minute video and we were able to take out 15 and 30 second cut downs that we could then use in our other channels so this is we, we currently have versions of this running in paid ads, um, and I believe also in social. Um, and then the last thing we were trying to accomplish is we you know, spent a little bit more money and a little bit more time to create some really unique characters for them and some unique visualizations. And what we're starting to see is that these same characters and visualizations are gonna start to show up in additional videos that they do. So that we start to create some branding around their explaining their explainer videos, even though we're not going out and shooting all new footage, it still allows us the opportunity to do that. Really well said, thank you. So now we're gonna transition into graphic design. So let's go ahead and get into this section. Yeah, so when we think of some of the creative that we were seeing, you know, obviously we brought up social media. Um, you know, so we have, we have kind of two ways in that we're seeing a lot of success with on social media. We're seeing kind of the lifestyle shot as we see here on the left. We're seeing the product focus shot as we're seeing here on the right. And there's a lot of opportunities for different things that we can do within the space. Um, you know, obviously our GIFs, our memes, our infographics, illustrations, and animations. What we really want to look at as a brand is how do we create a cohesive look for our elements across these different mediums and across these different channels. So if I'm doing a GIF, if I'm doing a lifestyle shot, if I'm doing a product shot, how do I make sure that everything feels relevant and cohesive? 
Yeah, I think that's a really important point. You know, not not just social, not just email, not just the website, not just the ad. You know, connecting it all together. And I've been amazed as as our email department has grown and and done really well and served a lot of customers. How important graphic design is in email as well. It, it gets pretty uh, robust. Yeah, definitely. And you know the the email the email boundaries I think are being pushed every day by both the ESPs as well as the email applications themselves. And so what we're seeing is it's an additional opportunity to be different and unique with our messaging. Um, and it's a different medium that gives us you know a little bit of a different audience and, and a different view space. And so you know really looking at ways to push that. You know I love this example of of hymns um, as we showed with the cuts example earlier, you know, introducing new colors, this is a great way that Hims has used the email medium to kind of show the different varieties in their product. Um, so looking at all of those opportunities to do something unique within the space. But again, if you go back and look at what Hims has done visually in other channels, there's a lot, there's a brand consistency. So this is very much on brand for them, but again, gives them something unique that stands out in a sea of emails that consumers receive on a daily basis. Again, and, and well said, you know, reiterating that perceived value, showing the quality cross channel, you know, animations, investing in the creative, all of it, uh, you know, is, is very deliberate and uh, it makes an impact on the consumer's mind. So now getting into traditional paid media assets, um, you know, I, I cannot tell you the difference that I see, um, how big the difference is that I see between people who have a really robust top of funnel to bottom funnel uh, creative strategy for paid media versus those who don't and just set up an ad and, and run the same ad over and over. So Oscar, how are you kind of approaching this side? Yeah, so you know, one of the one of the reasons that I, I actually pulled in this example, which I really like, is um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when it comes to stock photography, people always have kind of you know, it gets a bad rap, um, you know, because people associate it with such bad creative. Um, but there's ways to be really uh, creative with it. Um, if you actually hit play on this ad, you can see this is a Shutterstock ad. So they're actually using their own stock photography to create these ads. Um, and so what we like to do again in the in the in the standard banners or in the kind of HTML5 area with banners, um, and we did this recently for one of our clients for Black Friday, um, but it's finding ways to take the message that we have in other channels and make sure that they translate correctly into all of the in, into all of our different sizes. Um, and you'll see, obviously, when we're working with extreme verticals versus extreme horizontals, it becomes a, a really big challenge. What we do is, from a creative perspective, um, up front as we're kind of defining the brand creative and the campaign, we make sure that everything that we're creating for our bigger screens is gonna have ways that it will work in these smaller ones. Um, and you can see, again, this is a great example of it. In our examples too, um, you know, there's ways that you can use just copy to support your bigger ad images in some of your smaller spaces. So those 320 by 50s, those 300 by 50s. Um, and again, I wanna reiterate, just because you don't have the budget to shoot your own photography, um, you know, there is great stock photography out there if you know how to find it and if you have the right kind of brand guidelines in place to make sure that you're using it well. Well said. You know, one of, one of the things I didn't touch on, we looked at the Nike page earlier, right? Everybody was a beautiful page, beautiful images. You know, they could, you could tell they put a lot of time just into that one product, you know, let alone all the additional products. 
if you were to leave that page, travel around the internet, no matter where you go, you get served that product, you get served all the most similar products, and you get served that with uh, excellent text, uh, you know, storyboard, and, 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 and those images that they've invested in. So it's all very, very full circle, you know, and that's kind of on the lower funnel storyboard re-engaging side. So now we're gonna talk about web design a little bit. And um, you know what, what we've seen is that one of the, the top places, in fact, in a recent study, the number one place people are investing right now from a marketing perspective is in their website, is in their creative assets, is in also creative interactive experiences on their website. And that's because they wanna differentiate their site versus all their competitors and make it an amazing experience. And also because of recent events, you know, globally, obviously. So we're going to talk a little bit about websites here. Oscar, we'll hand it back over to you. Yeah, um, so we can skip over this slide here. You know, this just talks about some of the different types of things that we can do on a website. But I really wanted to start with this example. Um, this is a great project I worked on. Um, and, you know, I think it really speaks to that perceived value part that we were talking about earlier. Um, so as you look at the photography here, as you look at the layout here, as you look at the design, um, you know, the branding that was implemented with the font usage and just kind of the overall general layout, the product photography, et cetera. Um, you know, when you look at this product, it looks very premium. You know, it's shot in a way that's very premium. Everything about it was designed to look very premium. Um, these are actually items that you purchase at Target at Walmart for a couple of bucks. Um, so this is a great example of how you can take something like product photography, how you can take something like creative design, layout, things of that nature to really elevate the, the look and feel of a brand. And now this consumer has this reaction where they see this product and they go, oh my gosh, this looks so nice, I love it. They get to the store and they go, oh wow, this is only $5.99. I thought this was a $20 product. Um, so we love that about, you know, about this look and feel and about the site in general. Um, if you wanna go into the next one. Um, this is a little bit different. This is something where, you know, showing how detailed shots and macro shots can really support what we're talking about from a perceived value perspective. Um, so I really wanted to bring this in more as a, of a photography example. Um, and again, from a brand perspective, this is for a, <clears throat> excuse me, a high-end high kitchen appliance company. Um, you know, and rather than focus on all of their products like their competitors do, they're instead focusing on the things that can come out of their product. Um, so just a really interesting way in and a really great look at how we can use photography. Um, kind of sticking in that food space, um, this is another company uh, I worked with uh, on their website design and their photography. Um, this is a superfood company who's you know in a very crowded market at Whole Foods. Um, and what they did is where a lot of their competitors were kind of going uh, ingredient focused in terms of you know you may have seen like RX bars and a couple of those guys that were talking about you know the benefits of the product. These guys decided, hey, you know what? The value for us is the actual fruits and chocolates and almond butters and all the things that we're using. So we're going to set those up and make those just look absolutely beautiful. And so as a consumer, the first thing that, you're, that your eye is driven to is the beauty of that photography and the appetite appeal of what you're seeing there. So just some different ways that you can leverage creative to kind of separate yourself in that competitive space. Um, if we go into the next one, this is, you know, someone that we're currently working with. Um, this is just an, an interesting way of adding humanity to uh, a, a space that is dominated by kind of the pharma companies and the, and, and the medical companies that are all very cold. Um, so the goal here was to really separate themselves from that by creating a, a site that immediately makes you feel welcome and warm. Um, so again, another way that we can leverage photography and visual assets to support our brand. 
Um, this does the same. This is uh, in, in, obviously in the very competitive mattress space. Um, the idea here was to highlight kind of the, the fun moments of being in bed, you know, move away from where all of the competitors were, which was a really heavy focus on, you know, how many inches of foam we have, how many springs, you know, what's the count on this? What's the thickness of that? We kind of took it away from that space and we said, let's use our creative um, to really focus on the fun that is associated with, you know, bedtime. Like, look at how much fun this family is having. Look at all of these elements. Um, and to your point, John, we took this creative and then you saw this across every channel. So down to the lower funnel items, you know, even in our banner ads, um, some of our uh, HTML5 ads that we did, we really kind of focused more on the people with a little bit of the branding, just because we made such a big impact visually with the people. And that starts to create that brand affinity and that brand recognition uh, with the brand in this case. And these are some recent examples that I brought in um, just because I think they're very relevant in the sense that as we were talking earlier about, you know, using explainer videos, for example, on the homepage and how that can elevate things. Um, these are examples of landing pages that we did where we actually took existing elements that the client already had um, and just kind of improved them visually and created layouts that were more focused on some of those creative elements. Um, and we saw a significant uptick in the performance of this page in an A-B test versus the other page. Um, so really wanted to call that out that in some instances, you may already have some great assets that you're just not using in the best way. Um, so it's a great time to kind of revisit that asset library and see if there's opportunities to elevate that. Um, in this case, what we did was bringing in the pink, bringing in the black, playing with some different lockups for their fonts and for their type usage. Um, and it just kind of creates a whole new fresh look for the brand. Awesome. Thanks, Oscar. And everybody, just a quick uh, note. We just got a couple more slides here. And then at the end, we're going to end with just a second to go over some of the recent newer ad formats, such as story ads, uh, messenger ads. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested uh, to talk to you about that conversation as well, because these are ones that are incredibly uh, inexpensive to use, high inventory. And if you use them right, they can be effective. And if you don't, they, they would not be effective. So I'll go through a couple more examples here and then we'll end with, with those elements. So Oscar, talk us through a little bit of these last, um, this last uh, example, and then we'll jump into ad sizes. Yeah. So this one's actually, uh, you know, following up on what we were just talking about. This is a great example of a client who, you know, had a homepage um, that was doing okay. They came to us. They wanted us to look at ways to improve their conversion rate. Um, so we ran a test with this version, again, using assets that they already had. We just reworked the layout, cleaned up a little bit of the creative, you know, improved some font usage, a couple of things like that. And we saw a massive, massive increase in conversions uh, in our testing to the point where after a couple of weeks, the client actually asked us to push this to be their, their current homepage. Um, so this is, I think, a, a real first world example of how you can see the impact that creative can have on, on your overall conversions, on the success of your page, and so on and so forth. Awesome. Really well said. Thank you so much for going through all that. And I think, you know, you hit really well on, you know, how, how important the marriage is between creative and conversion rate optimization as well. I know you work very closely with um, our director of CRO. So I want to spend a minute or two here at the end, just going through some things that I find to be really just kind of like intriguing. You know, you can, everybody here now can send a messenger ad. You can do story ads. You can do um, basic photo ads. You can do video ads. When, when is the right time to do these ads and where do you do these ads? Do you do them in the extended you know, audience network on Facebook? Do you do them just in the feed? Do you do them 
you know, in uh, in the watch se section of Facebook. Um, and when you go into YouTube, what's the right area to do that? Do you advertise that on the channel perspective? You know, do you advertise that uh, based off of the in-market audience? Do you advertise it based off of the keyword, right? There's, there's so many different options out there. So, you know, just taking a second, um, when we look at photo ads, you know, Savannah, if you could talk to me just a little bit about photo ads. Um, are they tried and true? What do you kind of prefer if you were to go to a client? What type of assets would you want to get from them to have the best creative? Could you just spend a second on that? Yeah, definitely. So with single image photo ads, they're definitely great for promoting a single aspect of your business or a specific product. Um, some examples of this would be if you have a product that's on sale or just want to feature you know one aspect of that product and you can really take things to the next level here by including those text overlays that we talked about with cuts such as that social proof or product features thank you that's really well said so now we get into um, video ads and with video ads you've got in stream right you've got the feed and then you've got stories so um, Savannah I don't know if you have any comments on that but what goes through your head when you think video ads and the creative that you would want to be effective in the right time to use them yeah to be effective with video ads it has to be extremely engaging in the first couple of seconds and you also want to feature your brand in those couple seconds because people are just scrolling so quickly through their feed that you need it to stand out in order to catch their attention Thanks. That's really well said and a great tip for everybody. You know, if, if all the meat of the ad is at the very end, you know, you, you are really, really missing out. And, you know, again, just taking a second to reiterate, you know, the video ads that you do to introduce somebody to the brand would be much different than somebody who's been clicking on ads, who's been to the website, who's been to a high value page, and they've been within the system and they've been an audience that you've built um, within, you know, your remarketing. Uh, you know, for a, a period of time. So it's really, really important to keep in mind. Then we get into story ads and stories is kind of like this phenomenon that just completely took off. You probably look at a lot of people's stories. Um, you know, Twitter has stories now, LinkedIn has stories, YouTube has stories, and you better believe that those three platforms are gonna make advertising possible there. Um, however, right now, you know, we're seeing it as pretty much the predominant area on Facebook and Instagram. Savannah, I'll, I'll go over a couple things on this, but do you have any thoughts on just general story ads and how people should be thinking about them? Yeah, I mean, most people are spending a majority of their times on Facebook and Instagram, either on stories or feeds. So story ads are an extremely valuable placement to be advertising on, but you need to make sure that you are developing your creative for the story ad placement specifically. So making sure that it's a vertical image or video and also really engaging here as well. It's really well said, you know, it's gotta be specifically developed for stories, something striking, something that cuts through the clutter, you know, good, uh, you know, beautiful, creative. We've all seen the story ads that really stand out. A lot of the lifestyle brands are doing a fantastic job of this right now. It's not necessarily meant for conversion focused, but I believe that it can be conversion focused if you have a high enough saturation point, a good enough story told over a period of time and you've nurtured them, them enough, they can be used for lower funnel depending on the audience that you're working with. And then finally, we get into messenger ads. And, you know, this is just interesting because you know, you've got 1.3 billion people who use messenger every month. But were I to start sending you messenger ads today, I would probably make you really upset and I would never do that. Right. But, um, you know, it's something where it can work. So um, 
to capture attention, start conversations, or re-engage customers is the main thing that Facebook is recommending here. And you know, with these messenger ads, they go along very well with a messenger bot. And these messenger bots are pretty amazing. Um, some can carry an entire conversation. Other ones will let you try things on. Some have augmented reality associated with them. Uh, and we've built some of these bots, and uh, I've certainly used quite a few of them that I've been really, really impressed with. My main point is to re-engage older customer lists. I think that they can work very well. If you have uh, want to try to use them more for upper funnel, you need to be really careful about what that message is. And I think, you know, were it me, it would align with the same type of thing that we're doing on the on the storyboard side uh, for upper funnel ads. So what is that awesome, amazing piece of content or experience that you can offer them that's going to allow for a micro conversion and then result in you building a remarketing list. And so this is just something to think about. A lot of people um, who I know who are great marketers are really building up text groups, push groups, and then also messenger as well. But it's a tricky one to work with, but it does have some of the highest open rates. Savannah, are you doing much on the messenger side right now? Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention on this last point? Yeah, we've been testing um, with a few clients. I definitely think the most important part is just that conversation aspect and really building things out behind the scenes to make it really impactful. Awesome, really well said. Okay, everybody, so, um, you know, so, you know, how can Ignite help? Creative strategy, creative services, video, graphic design, obviously, you know, we're all here for, for those things, should you need it. Um, but the main thing is, and the reason that we do these webinars is we really want you to win in 2021. We want you to have amazing success with your business. We highly recommend that you uh, refresh your creative and you take a look at some of these things that we've put out there today. Uh, in closing today, I would want to ask um, both of our uh, panelists here, you know, kind of last couple points. You know, what are your final words as far as people and creative and conversions and what they should be thinking about going into next year? Oscar, can you give us a couple final takeaways as we wrap here today? Yeah, I think my takeaway here would be, you know, for everyone to really take a look at your current creative and see where those opportunities lie for that creative refresh. Um, and again, think of it not just from the perspective of having to create all new assets, but look at really look at your asset library, see if there's opportunities to improve on that. Um, you know, see which channels are the most impactful for you um, and really think about ways to generate new creative um, that's really going to convert for you in those spaces. Thanks so much, Oscar. And Savannah, definitely want to give you the opportunity to, on the ad side and the creative side, you know, what do you have for our listeners today that they should be focusing on? Yeah, on the paid social side, creative is one of the most important aspects of having a successful campaign and ad. Um, so it's really important to take the time and put the effort into your creative. Just continue to test um, and try out new things there. Thank you so much. Everybody, thank you so much for attending today. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the webinar. Good luck with your digital marketing going into uh, 2021. You know, I think it's going to be a, a great year. We're, we're positive and optimistic about the future uh, for online marketing. Savannah and Oscar, thank you so much for your time today. And thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.